live from Los Angeles, California. It's the Takes It Took. It's three schmucks. (laughs) Three schmucks in a room talking about movies. We'll give you a brief overview of what this episode will be. This is, we did this last year. This is our year in review. We are going to give out some awards to the movies we've seen this year's. The the tookies, the takies, what do we call them? The tookie, tookies taken by the... I forget movie. what we called them last year. It was like takies, I think. Maybe. I think it was takies. Tooks. Uh, yeah, so we're going to give awards out to movies we've seen this year. Not just movies that came out this year, but movies that we watched for the first time this year. And uh, we've got some categories, some fun ones. We've got some serious ones. We've got some mildly fun ones. Um, salt, pepper, lemon pepper, season the chicken, give the tookies out, call the night, go home, weep. Anything else you'd like to add, Mariah? No, I'm still trying to digest what you said. Mm, okay. Well, I got some Pepto if you need it. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do the exact same thing as last year. You know, typically in our show, we start off the episode talking about things we've seen recently. Well, this is basically just a very long version of that. And we've, yeah, we've got some kind of goofy categories as well as some more traditional categories for you. And we're just going to kind of roundtable it and talk about what we've seen, what we liked about it, and give out the awards. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, gentlemen, should we just go ahead and jump into it? Let's, I think let's jump in. We can jump right into it. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, our first category is goofiest. goofiest. What's the goofiest movie Sure. We've seen this year. Goofiest film. Goofiest movie. Gorge. Oh! <laughs> oh my god, you guys should date? Yeah. Oh my Hey. Wait, what are you doing after this? Uh weeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, just the usual weeping. Weeping. Sobbing. Uh, yeah. Sorrow in general. <laughs> oh, the idea of it. At eight o'clock I'm wailing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, who wants to start? Goofiest film. I gotta I gotta look at all my stuff. Uh, I, I'll start. Goofiest films. There's a lot of contenders. I watched a movie called The World According to the Garp. That one's goofy. I'll come back to that movie. That's why I'm <laughs> dropping it here. Uh, we've talked teaser. about tiptoes on this podcast before. That's where uh, Gary Oldman plays a little person. That is a severely goofy movie. I think the movie that I am the most smitten with and that has made the biggest impact on me in my life is the movie They Came Together that I watched very recently. With Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler, I'm forgetting her name. Oh, I remember you talking about this one. Yes. So, so you if, don't have to. All right. So for my no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. I've already talked about it on the podcast. So if you are a longtime listener and you actually listen to us and you remember that, hey, cool. But uh, it's a it's a severely goofy movie where they do silly bits. Uh, Paul Rudd like puts his entire mouth around a wine bottle. There's a bit where a kid just keeps calling him his dad. And the kid goes, oh, Joel, I didn't know you're into Pokemon. He goes, yeah, my favorite one's Smeargle. There's bits like that. It's really funny. Um, Michael Shannon shows up at the end and gets shot by a cop. It's a beautiful, wonderful movie. And there may or may not be um, some like really old lady love scenes. So if you are into that kind of stuff, oh, check yeah. it out. It's yeah, a goofy it's movie. Cookie. My goofiest movie. I'm in. All right. I, I think I'm going to go with Tiptoes. I think that was probably the goofiest movie I watched this yeah. year. It is pretty damn goofy. I mean, damn, wow, they really had that motherfucker on his knees, huh? <laughs> they really 
They put him on his <laughs> knees <laughs> to to appropriate a a, a a type of human being. And when we watched it, we found a bit where they just like didn't get rid of his leg. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a timestamp. It's like 47 <laughs> minutes in the movie. You just see the fact that he's on you his knees. You can just knees. see his heel. Oh, his my foot, God. And he's on his knees. Wow. I mean, they they really gave him the Lord Farquaad play yeah. bit. And like Peter, a, Peter Dinklage is doing like a French accent. Yeah. That yeah. movie, I mean, wow, they really did that to him, huh? And he did it. He And like, he did it. And, and two of those actors would later go on to be Patricia Oscar winning. Patricia Arquette yeah. also won an Oscar, I believe, or was uh, nominated. Three Oscar. Oh, yeah. damn. Wild. And it's just, I'm trying to remember the bits in that movie, and it it's just it kind of just also it all fades goes together through. It just um, like there's a love thing going on. Yeah, crazy no, it is movie. a goofy movie. Mm-hmm. Gorge. Gorge, like my son Max. All right, Mariah. Um, okay, so I had a few, and I was kind of waiting to see what you boys were going to yeah. say, because I had They Came Together and mm-hmm. Tiptoes on my yeah. list as well. I also had The Omega Man, which I also, also have The Omega to. Man on there. Um, but I'm going to go with The Lair of the White Worm, mm. um, which was an extremely B-horror movie that we Ooh. watched in October with Peter Capaldi and who else was in that? Hugh Grant. Thank you. Hugh Grant before he got famous. And it's just really bad. I don't know how else to describe it besides bad. There's a couple of really crazy montages. There's one where there's like a dream sequence on a plane. And there's like weird phallic imagery. And there's one point where like a police officer who's like been (laughs) possessed and is like kind of like a snake. He's hissing. um, He's hissing, and Peter Capaldi plays the bagpipes to ward him off, slash, yeah. like, charm him. It's So he's stumbling um, around going, <sighs> So I'm going to go with that one, just because I think it's really fun to see, like, Peter Capaldi and Hugh Grant before they got more well-known doing this really absurd, goofy horror movie. Um, so I would recommend it, especially, you know, Come next Halloween. Yeah, next Halloween. You got plenty yeah. of time to put it on your list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Watch it. If you want just kind of a silly bad time, good time. <laughs> Give it a go. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Lair of the White Worm. Nice. I like it. All right, folks, moving right along. Mariah, we are moving on to our next category. Did you want to present it for us? I sure can. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our next category is most surprising. Now, you can interpret this a lot of different ways, Yeah. which I think is kind of the beauty of it. So I'll go first this time. Mm-hmm. For me, the most surprising film that I watched was Scent of a Woman. Surprising in the sense that I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And I got into it a lot more than I thought I would. I think the, like, if you look up trailer moments or like little scenes, you see Pacino being goofy and just absurd. Mm-hmm. But I think they balance the humor and the tragedy extremely well. And even though you're laughing at his delivery of his lines because he has some very strange delivery. Um, I can add Steinway. <laughs> you get really invested. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And mm. to the point that we rewatched it actually like last week yeah, before we did this episode because I kind of wanted to revisit it. And yeah, no, I just, I liked it. I, dare I say even more the second time. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. it's, really good and i just wasn't expecting that kind of really good balance of comedy and drama to get the effect that it 
gave. Like I, I just really mm. enjoyed it. So I was it surprised you in the sense that it was more engaging and interesting. Yeah, and more layered. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Scent of a Woman. Okay. Miles, are you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Right. Um, the movie that surprised me the most was, well, okay, surprised is going to be a synonym for disappointed in this case. Okay, mm. yeah. Uh, the creator mm. that came out this year. Yeah. Okay. I based, remember you talking about it on the podcast a little bit. Yeah, based on like all the still media that i saw like the pictures and the pr- the promotions and whatnot it looked like it was going to be really good and then i watched it <laughs> and i was like oh this isn't good <laughs> so it just like yeah i don't know you know i was all the way up here and for those who can't see my hand is in the air uh, about one or two head lengths above yeah. his head and and it actually turned out to be down here which below his knees below my knees and that surprised me because I generally thought it was going to be really good. Mm. And it just wasn't. So, I don't know, man. I'm a little sad about that one. <laughs> I'm very sorry, sir. Yeah, thank you. <sighs> well, right, Stefan. I feel like I've not selected good uh, options for this category for myself personally. Especially knowing now how I want to uh, interpret this one. I want to interpret this movie as most surprising in terms of the movie itself has a moment where you go, oh, oh, and you look at it and you're like, wow, that's surprising. That being said, that's not how I selected these movies when I grabbed them, so I don't know if they entirely fit. I think all that jazz is an option. There's definitely one um, number in there where once it starts <laughs> playing, you go, oh. Oh, my oh. goodness. I think Bad Lieutenant is also an option because there's one point towards the end of the movie where something happens, you get a little cameo, and you go, oh, what's he doing here? But I think I'll just stick with the most surprising in terms of didn't go where I thought it was going, and that will go to The Field, the Mm. Irish adaptation of a, well, Irish play about a man just trying to get his land and going bonkers. He goes cuckoo. He would be a good contender for Goofy Guy, but... Just a crazy movie. It's not like a good movie, and I think that's why it surprised me is because I didn't expect it to be great. But then some stuff happens, and then some more stuff happens, and some more crazy stuff happens. I'm like, oh, this is a Stefan movie. <laughs> that's why I got to say for that one. The Field. And that's um, Richard Harris yes. in The Field who mm-hmm. played the original Dumbledore, Dumbledore, for those of you who don't Ooh. recognize that name. Yep. And also, isn't Sean Bean in it? Yeah. Yeah. Sean, Sean Bean's, Bean's in it? In it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. A younger, younger Sean Bean. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one's on YouTube or something if you want to watch it. Yeah, and I talked about it yeah. several episodes back, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, you're probably going to get a lot of repeats. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All right, guys. If we're done there, we can move on to our next one. So we are on now to Best Floater. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like a little turd in a toilet. <laughs> a little turd in a toilet. <laughs> yeah, that's But no, the bit. this is the best person that floated. Best person that floated. And the nominees, uh, I mean, you guys can add nominees onto this, but the ones that I have are The Exorcist uh-huh. going to Linda Blair. We have The Vivich going to yes. Anya Taylor-Joy. We have Beetlejuice going uh-huh. to Winona Ryder. Strangely enough, all three Halloween movies we did, and all three are young women. Well, what about Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters? I was going to add that one, oh. and I was also going to add um, Mark Strong in Stardust. 
Mm, also yeah. a floater. Oh, he was a floater. He's a good floater, too. Um, I think that's all the floaters I can think uh, of. R2-D2. Does he float? When does he float? He floats in uh, when Luke is training in Dagobah. Oh, in the water floater, not in the no, air. No, no, no. He, you don't know. He floats he in the floats air. In the sky. Oh, yeah. does he pick him up? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll do R2-D2. I hate that guy. I think those are our nominees then. Fellas, gals. I'm, dolls, I got mine. Bros. You ready? Yeah. Miles, what is it? The guy from Stardust. Mm. I already forgot his name. Mark, Mark Strong. Strong. Mark Strong. It is the most technically advanced floater, I think. Yes. Because he he be in water. He floating. He, he but is, in air floating. He is floating squared. Yeah, he's double floating. It's he's pretty crazy. Truly a floater. Yes, he is floating physically and spiritually. Yeah. To death. Oh, absolutely to death. But it just looked really it looked cool. Really cool. I like, do. What's interesting, I feel like with all these these nominees, the floating is always intended to be awe inspiring. I think in every instance, each time yeah. someone floats, you're supposed to be like, "Whoa, whoa. oh um, my god, he's and, floating!" And I think with Stardust, you get that like, "Whoa, look yeah. at him go." Um, well, because it really takes the time to be like, "Do you see that?" Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you seen that? You seen that? You seen this? <laughs> what the fuck is that guy doing? That's a good pick, Miles. Good pick. Thank you, Right. Um. Okay. Well, I kind of forgot about Mark Strong mm. in Stardust. However, I've mm. seen that a bunch of times. Yeah. And so, in trying to think of a movie that I haven't seen, out of all those, the only one I haven't seen before before this year, I should say, is The Witch. Well, you're allowed so, right. to pick ones that you haven't seen this year. Yeah, you are. Okay, then uh, fuck it. Yeah, Septimus and Stardust. I love mm. that. Yeah. Mm. I love that sequence when he's drowning in the air. And then following that, he becomes a voodoo doll that's sword fighting he's not floating Charlie Cox. Yeah. Like, that's it's it's phenomenal. Really cool. it, is, it is phenomenal. And I would pick that one. But just for the sake of being interesting. Um, <laughs> Are you saying we're not interesting? Yeah. What no, the we'll just, I, you know fuck? what? Fine. All right, sure. I'll do the same one. Yeah, why not? And the takeys really cool. have been decided. The takeys so far, Universal. Stardust is banging out, winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or maybe this is the first time where we, it's won award, but we just unanimously came to it. Des- I don't know, man. All right, well, congrats to Mark Strong as mm-hmm. Septimus in Stardust. You are the award of the takey for best floater. That is an absurd sentence. Yes. And good, shout out your <laughs> job on the floater, Mark Strong. <laughs> shout out to uh, the VFX team as well. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. mm. Mark Strong, let's face it, he didn't do a whole lot. He kind of just like he got floated. Cool. He, he got died. to a pool and. <laughs> yeah. All right. This next category is another silly one. I promise we'll get to more serious ones if that's what you want, or if you like the silly ones, then hey, come sit next to me. I got a blanket <laughs> and a cup of hot cider. But for our next category, we have best silly guy or gal. This category is it's escapable. It's 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 sort of hard to define the parameters of what a silly little guy or a silly little gal is. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to feel it. And you feel out know the silliness. What that means. Um, but generally speaking, for those who need a more logical approach, this would be usually someone who. Is not actually silly, but we are um, ironically calling silly or goofy. Like, for instance, one of my nominees goes to Oppenheimer. I think he's <laughs> okay. a silly guy. He's a silly little guy yeah. who made, you know, the and atom bomb. bomb. Yeah. yeah. 
That's silly. Silly goofy guy. Oh, he's so silly. Uh, a nom- another nominee for me, I think, is I saw several iterations of Dracula. And uh, he is... <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm going to give it to Dracula. He is a really goofy guy. Actually, actually goofy. Are you giving it to Bram Stoker's Dracula? Or? Um, no, I'm just... Every iteration yeah, of Dracula every iteration that I saw. Of, uh, yeah. he's, pretty, he's pretty silly in Bram Stoker's Dracula as he's well. He's pretty silly in that. He just like sits at home alone, and then his... like tax guy shows up and he messes with him and then he flies to london and he just does goofy stuff and he tries to seduce women by being like a werewolf man and and then he lives in the dirt he goes to sleep in dirt <laughs> well he's, that's he's just a if crazy that's all it guy. takes to be a silly guy Call right him here. silly Call right here. I'm, I'm the silliest guy i'm doing all I'm that shit you silliest I'm, guy <laughs> i'm calling my tax guy I'm bringing them in. I'm putting them in a pit with three women. <laughs> I'm, I'm flying to London, yeah. eating dirt. I'm I'm doing eating it dirt. all. I'm doing but it all. Actually, specifically, I'll say the original Dracula, played by ooh, I'm forgetting his name. If I just you Was know, he also in Star Wars. Stalling Bella for a little Lugosi. longer. Bella Lugosi. Oh no, okay. He does this thing where he just stares. He just kind of like he looks, <laughs> and then the lighting specifically the lighting. shines like a. A streak of light across his eyes. Oh, classic. And, but he does like almost like Dwayne Johnson kind of eyebrow stare. He's like, <laughs> and he stares at you, and that's how he seduces you. That uh, guy oh God, gets the, the goofy crown. Who's the doctor in that? What's the original? His, well, this the guy's the act, like not the actor, but the character's name. Um, isn't it, one of them's Doctor Seward? I thought. No, uh, there's oh Van, Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Ah. Van Helsing's also, especially in Brand Stoker's, he's, he's a silly little silly. guy. He's, he's, he's we like, found a vampire! Yay! <laughs> Your wife is going to die, by the way. Um, yeah, he's like German, and he's weird. Yeah. All right, who's next? Congrats, Dracula. Congrats, Dracula. Um, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'll go next. Ooh, I think we all know who it's going to go to, at least at some point. He's such a silly little guy. It's Ken. Mm. <laughs> Ken is such a silly little guy. He just wants to... You know, he, he wants to so hang out with Barbie. He wants to have a fun little, uh, what is it? Mojo, Casa Mojo Dojo something. But he just wants to, like, he wants to hang out. He wants to ride horses. He, yeah, he wants to ride horses. Mojo he, Dojo Casa House. Mojo Dojo Casa House, he man. Just, he just, he wants to beach. He wants to be with the boys. I love like, when he goes, right as always. <laughs> beach is a hard job too. Yeah, I don't think he gets enough respect for I that. I couldn't do beach. I couldn't mm. do beach either. I think I could do beach. You think you could do I beach? I think I could do beach. Under the right circumstances. Alright. Yeah. And then they have a little musical number and it does D-Day and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> someone gets shot. <laughs> yeah. How do you think Ken would feel if he knew that we were giving him silly little guy award? I think he'd, he'd like, like it. it. He I likes praise like of any it. kind. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, you're the silly little guy. And he's like, Ooh. am I? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, thank you. <laughs> and then he'd go to Barbie and he's like, Yeah, I got a reward. Got a award. reward. Yeah, I'm the silly little guy. So if that's something you're And into, I could be your silly little guy. I could be your silly little guy, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, Ken. Good job. Yeah. Ken and Dracula. Ken and Dracula. Two peas in a pod. Uh, you know what, guys? I'm really gonna fill out this yeah. trio right now. Right. My silly little guy is gonna go to Robert Mitchum as Harry Powell in uh The Night of the Hunter. He was also a nominee for me. <laughs> I, he, I haven't seen Night of the Hunter. Um he, <laughs> he just light terrorizing. Oh okay. um, he kills a woman and then is going after her children, and so the children are running away. 
and he is ominously singing hymns as he yeah. like chases them and then they find refuge in like it's not like an orphanage but it's no, like a, it's a lady like who a, has a, a bunch a of a widowed woman who looks after children cuz yeah and um they find refuge with her and then he shows up and there's a, there's one specifically really good shot where she's sitting on the porch because mm-hmm. he's like i'm not leaving till i get the kids basically mm. she's like you're not coming in and she's sitting on the porch with, with looking a at shotgun. him no oh. yeah looking looking out at him and then one of the kids comes up with um like a candle mm-hmm. and is talking to her and then when the kid leaves and the candlelight goes he's gone yeah he's close. just a silly little guy he's like mm-hmm. a little sneaky and he's a little sneaky and he just goes leaning leaning yeah so yeah He's just terrorize kids until they give you their, That's the their money. Thing you can do, yeah. But also, I just wanted to throw that movie out there because we'll, definitely we'll, one of the we'll, top ones I watched this I'm year. Like we're so. gonna talk about that one again. I'll really I for re-watch sure will. It. Yeah. So anyway, congrats, Harry Powell in Night of the Hunter. All right. All right. Next category. <laughs> next category. <laughs> we have best fit. Best fit. Slash Essentially, best wardrobe. Best wardrobe. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or rather, favorite. These yeah. these categories are almost entirely subjective. Yeah. So we're not going off of what you think Art is, is best, subjective. but rather like what we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to go first? I can. So for me, in looking back at my Letterboxd reviews, I think that kind of informed some of my other awards based on what I initially thought when I watched it at the time. And I am going to give this one to Serpico um, with Wardrobe by Anna Hill Johnstone. Also on my list. Really? Yeah. Pacino just wears a billion different mm-hmm. outfits. Mm. Um, he does a lot of undercover things as a cop in the film. And his outfits are like the bucket hats, the corduroy, just the grooviness of it all. I love it. Mm. Um, just look up Pacino outfits in uh, Serpico and uh, you'll get a good feel for why I liked it. So that's all I got to say on that. My other runner-ups were um, The Omega Man and um, My Cousin Vinny. All right. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. I have... So I also had Serpico. I also want to shout out any Christmas Carol movie with Scrooge Ooh. and his bedtime fit. Yeah. The nightgown and Another the, little, fit the little candlestick and the, oh, oh, Marley, you know, Scrooge, shout out to you. I mean, this one almost took the cake. Uh, the Master of Disguise for obvious reasons. <laughs> oh, he yeah. He is the Master of Disguise. He's, and so his, yeah, his wardrobe, master. he dresses up as what, Michael Jordan at one point or someone like that? I think he dresses up as like Britney Spears. Like his wardrobes are on fit and you would never know. It's not him. But I think this award will actually really go to James Conn in Thief. He's got a couple of really fun fits. There's one where he's on the beach, chest hair out, like hot, white skinny pants on, on the beach, just like sitting on rocks, getting them pants dirty. But he also wears really fun like suits and just like, I don't know. He looks pretty, he looks pretty drip swagged out. Know what I mean? No, you mean. Thanks. Miles? My best fit isn't going to a movie character, but a real person. Doug Jones. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. He has the best fits. He does yeah. have a lot of crazy fits. He's got Fano. Fano. That's a good fit. He's got the pale man. He's got the pale <laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, he did Pale Man. Mm-hmm. I technically watched Hellboy this year, so he also did Fishman. Yeah, more Fishman. 
Uh, He's yeah, super yeah. hot in Shape of Water. <sighs> Those gills. Yeah. But yeah, I think his fits were the best. One, they looked really fucking good. Okay. And okay. Uh, he pulled them off really fucking good. Fun take. Good interpretation. I like that. Thank Make, you. Yeah. Thank shaking you. things up. Yeah, I do what I can. Okay. Now now we are here for what... Um, Miles, is do you want to announce the next award? God, yes. The most important award of the year. I'm so glad I get that. I think I, I, think I did it last year, you too. May, you may have. This, is, this might be like a Jimmy Fallon kind of situation. This is the most important one. I don't know why we didn't put it at the very end, but um, sometimes the yeah. best categories come... What? One, two... Three. We can't make them wait any longer, is my Seven thing. in. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the freaking Boss Baby Award. It's the Boss Baby Award. This year, the competition was really tense. Mm, There's mm, a lot of good contenders. A lot of good Boss Babies. Leo is on there for me for Boss Baby Award. Um, Offset, we we had a lot of debate about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Things got kind of heated. Mariah punched me in the eye. I want to apologize for what I've said and done. Um, um, just I just got really into this one. Still I recovering. Tell all my coworkers that I fell down a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah, but all that being said, I think the movie that gets the Boss Baby Award will not be Leo. It will not be the Monkey King. It will go to, I think the the first Boss Baby movie. The Boss Baby. Boss Baby. Yeah, yeah. I think Boss Baby has to take this one. I think Boss Baby has. Good job, to take Boss Baby. Good job, this Boss is Baby. So stupid. This is okay. Stupid. <laughs> This is stupid. <laughs> There's right. somebody listening to me like, what the fuck? <laughs> the boss you know what? Baby. I'm taking mine back. <gasps> I'm saying Boss Baby 2. Oh. The family business? Family <gasps> business. I think there's more Boss um, Babies in family mm, business. There are more Boss Babies. And thus, Boss Baby 2 family business wins the Boss Baby award. Still Alec Baldwin's Boss Baby, though. It's yeah. the same Boss Baby. Same baby boss. Same baby boss. All right, guys. Next up, Stefan, take it away. Next category. Take take me away. From we are place. now, after this, I think we're going to start slowly falling into some of the more serious categories. The more refined, highbrow, fancy categories. But first, we have to get through our... How do we phrase it? Was it worst or least favorite? You said least favorite, but least I think worst favorite. watched also yeah, kind of works. Yeah. Okay, so however you interpreted that, whether it's what you think is an objectively bad movie or if it was your personally least favorite movie, that is the category we are discussing right now. For me, there's lots of contenders. I watched many movies that I did not enjoy or have a great time with, sometimes for different reasons. Yeah, I think that's, that's, the, that's the difference between you and me. Is you'll just watch movies knowing full well you're not gonna like it. I'm a very tolerant man. What like, can I, I say? Like I just, I, you got to give it a chance. I don't. Know, for me, it's just like I don't want to watch a movie if I if I know for a fact I'm not gonna like it. You just, uh, you, but how would you know? You never know though. Sometimes I, you get a movie that surprises you, like Leo. You like Leo? General consensus: for Leo out Leo, there. Leo, Leo hype. Um, but the movies I'm gonna put on here are Robin Williams, Jack. <laughs> Lyle L. Crocodile. Uh, oh, the know. Light Keepers. Oh, God. Uh, Walk the Line is on here. Not necessarily because it's goofy, but because I just felt like it was a very poor retelling of Johnny Cash. And I'm also just very protective of my boy, Johnny Cash. But I think the movie it's got to go to, a movie that while watching it, it wasn't even like good, bad. It was a movie where I was checking out halfway through and I just did not want to get through it is Welcome to Mooseport with Gene Hackman and Ray Romano. 
a movie that ended Gene Hackman's career. Oh my god, it's that bad. That was a movie where I was like, oh, haha, funny. It's going to be a bad movie. Like, I, it was one of those where I was like, I want to turn this off. I, I'm done with this movie. I don't want to watch it, but like, I need to finish it because I've gotten this far. And and knowing that it ruined a a prestigious actor's career. Well, it's not like he was shunned from Hollywood. No, he, he, he decided to quit. It was so bad this. that he was like, I'm done with this. Damn. I'm done doing this. And Ray, I mean, Ray Romano, bless his soul. He's just being Ray Romano. Oh, it's me, Ray Romano. And me, Gene Hackman. So Gene Hackman's like the president, or was the president. And then he goes back to town to try to be mayor. And then he fights just Ray Romano with some guy. Oh. And it's just, don't watch it. It's bad. For my pick, I'm going to go with Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah. Uh, okay. St- yeah. I don't know if you remember, we started watching it here. And I had you turn it off. A I, movie I that since it started, I watched Mariah's mood go down. <laughs> she started isolating and not talking, <laughs> and her face just went sour. And then, and then she was like, "Just turn it off." Wow, like, right, we'll turn it off. I couldn't finish it because I disliked it that much. Damn. What can I say? That's fair. That else just it was just just didn't fit. You know, I'll give it credit where credit is due. I was probably not like having a great day or something, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. that shit sucks. Damn. Yeah, that that if if you had to walk out of a movie that Yeah. So sorry, Ant Man Quantumania, but yeah. No. Oh. It wasn't it. No. Alright. I, I have a runner up for mine. It was gonna be number one and then I, I remembered what I did two weeks ago. My runner up was going to be strange world or strange land strange world strange world the pixar movie that came out in like january or something what? the one that looked super oh, bland like yeah, i remember just it, yeah. it was just super it, bland it, like, and generic it was just Hall like it. yeah it's like just pixar just made a movie and they just like they had to pump something out and they pumped that out and it wasn't very good but the one that i think is going to take the cake is wish Oh, you saw it? I saw I saw Wish. I cuz I have the uh AMC A-lister shout out. And so I had a free movie. So I was like, "All right, well, I'll sacrifice my 2 hours or whatever of time." Yeah. And watch Wish if I'm not going to actually pay for it. Because it's it's the 100-year celebration of Disney movie. This is the movie they made to celebrate Disney's past. Yeah. Right? Ariel, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, fucking Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, all those movies. This is the culmination of that work. And it was what a statement that is. It was whether you, so bad. Whether you intended it or not, this is. I know we haven't really talked about like what this year meant for movies, but I think you talking on Wish as a culmination of Disney in a year where Disney really underperformed. Yeah, this is very topical. Like. Man, and I get that Disney will probably never go back to 2D animation. Which is such a bummer. It's such I'm, a bummer. I'm sure... <laughs> you... <laughs> I'm sure they're going to do something where like, they're like, oh, let's just do it for old time's sake, and then it's going to do really well. And but like, like, this this oh. was their chance to do it. The no. 100 year celebration. That was their time. That was their chance to justify the extra time and artistry required to do it. They even had an opportunity with the Chippendales Rescue Rangers movie, yeah. but instead they went with 3D cell shading. It was. <laughs> I think right that's now. A, like it's my least favorite movie because 
A, it's just not a good, like, it as itself is not a good movie. The music isn't very good. The backgrounds are just, like, this gross, muddy color that, like, it doesn't create any Mm -hmm. depth. It's just, like, not good. But also, it just, it meant, it was supposed to mean so much for Disney as a company and, and four animated movies. And it just, it fucking didn't do it. Womp. Boo womp. You'll get him next time, Disney. Or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is a rough year for you. <laughs> maybe this Inside been, Out 2 will do it for them. This has been a year of Disney flopbusters. It's just it's like well, being back bad. to back to back. Ant-Man. Yeah. There was Ant-Man. There was Strange World. There was the uh, Marvels. Indiana Jones, I think, technically didn't do very yeah, well in relation to its budget. It went, I think yeah. Guardians 3 was the best one they had. I heard. I don't know if this is true or not. Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it, it's been a. I heard that rough time. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was the only positive movie they had, profit wise. I think so. Yeah, it's been a rough year for you, for uh, Disney. I hope you uh, learn from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our next category, we're going to be talking about music. Ooh. This is favorite score slash soundtrack. Sorry, and, sorry in advance, guys. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm going to go first because I kind of want to connect what we were just discussing. Uh, I watched a lot of good movies, a lot of movies. I like the score. I want to talk about that. I think Mariah is going to talk about this one, so I'll skip on it. But one movie, I, I really liked Oppenheimer's score. And I think I'm going to give it to that one. That's uh, Ludwig Göransson. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. It's probably like Göransson, something like that. Really good music. I like the part when it goes, wow. And then the little thing is going, and then the moment in the movie when they're going to do the bomb and the build up to that and the music that's playing for that, it's pretty, pretty good. And also, I just want to give the Oppenheimer in relation to what we're discussing with the Disney flopbusters. And like, Mm. I really hope, like, with Oppenheimer, with Barbie, with Killers of the Flower Moon, and the turnout those movies had in comparison to the Disney flops. That this is this is a turning of the tide for films and cinema, and that in the future we see more original productions, more original movies, and more kind of events like we got this year with Barbie and with Oppenheimer. It could be a wake up call for Disney. Yes, let's stop putting out all this garbo. Mm-hmm. Stop. Just start doing some cool, new, fun things. Take risks, adventures. That's the point. Come up with an original story. Oh, the Little Mermaid remake. That was another one. Oh. Forgot about that one. Yeah. It just doesn't They're stop. They're just not doing it. That, that means, yeah, I really like the score in Oppenheimer. Also, shout out, I think some of the score in Thief was fun. It was very synthy, kind of like, but uh, I'll leave it there. I won't get too in-depth in this one. Um, for me, for sound, or for score, I should say, um, my runners-up were Phantom Thread uh, with Johnny Greenwood, who I gave the award to last year for There Will Be Blood. I think one of the reasons I mentioned him, first of all, loved it, but I just watched Phantom Thread like a few days ago, so mm. it's still very fresh in my memory. As for the other scores that I liked, these were films that came out last year, but I just watched very early this year, mm-hmm. and that would be All Quiet on the Western Front mm. um, with a score composed by Volker Bertelman. Wait, let me give you a sample. It goes... Yeah, and then yeah. I think I'm going to give it to Tar. With the score mm. composed by Hilder. It's like Gunditzer, I think. Yeah. Gunditzer. I've looked her name up before. I really like this composer. Uh, she's a favorite of mine. I almost picked this movie. But 
I didn't. But yeah, I got to see this. I didn't see it in theaters. I watched mm. it actually at my school's theater when they were well, doing... kind of a theater. I, I mean, it is a theater. It wasn't like a standard movie theater is yeah. what I was getting at. I watched it at my school's theater where they did a Q&A with Todd Field afterwards. Oh, no. Before, I think. Anyway. And I just... Obviously, <laughs> the movie centers around music. So, of course, yeah. music is going to play Very like fitting. a really... It's, it's about a composer. Um, so of course music is going to be playing a, a really big part of that, but it just really stood out to me and it was like, it was just very beautiful yes. and I really liked it. So congrats to Hilder. Yes. Or Tar, cause that shit rocked. Congrats Hilder. I also rewatched Chernobyl. She did the score for that. She's great. She's got a lot of cellos. I love Hilder. Miles, nice. what about you? Uh, well, again, we, we all know I'm not the best when it comes to score, mm-hmm. but it's wish, right? It's yeah. Wish has the best score, <laughs> and I don't even charge you rent. <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. The there's a okay. Is. Yeah, there's a line in Wish yeah. in one of the songs where he says something along the lines of "I let you live here for free, it's exactly and I don't even charge you for yeah. rent." Yeah, it just it's so redundant and stupid. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen the movie, but I've seen that piece. I'm like, and that's lyrics pretty suck. much about the that's the whole movie's ability with music. Redundant and stupid. It's just not good. It's just bad. All right. Uh, something that's good then something that's good you know did we did we all think that i wouldn't pick empire strikes back mm. uh i didn't actually uh, that's my <gasps> runner up uh we all know i've been duped i've been had we all know tripped. star wars is really good but at the end of the day its score is lost upon me because i am bad at recognizing music mm-hmm the one that I did noticeably go, well, I, I like all the music that's in this, oddly enough, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, very cool. Okay. The new one that came out. Okay. Just because like, when they're doing all the action and stuff, the music did a really good job of getting me hyped with it. Oh. So nice. like, I was like, yeah, fucking do it. Go. Oh, look at these turtles. Look at them turtles. They're doing the thing. Yeah. So okay. the, the music helped a lot getting me hyped. And not to say like the Star Wars music doesn't get me hyped. It does, but... You know, it's it's all subconscious. This one brought it to my conscience. So nice. That's I'm 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 picking that for this one. <laughs> okay. All right, and that wraps up score. That wraps up mm-hmm. music. Oh, it's Trent Reznor. Whoa! It's Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor of Ross. Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Yeah. I he would. Did, I didn't uh, predict that one. He did the music for Soul. Soul. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh, the Disney yeah. movie Soul. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, He's moved he on from up. I want to you like an animal to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. He also was the composer for The Killer, which came out this year. Uh, uh, see, now that makes well more sense. The Social Network, Mank, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, so he works He's done a lot okay. of stuff. Yeah. 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 So. He's cool. Yeah. Trent he wrote Kurt, and Johnny Cash covered it and made it better. So, <laughs> anyways, are we ready to move on to our next category? Folks? I believe yeah. so, yeah, sir. So. Okay. Uh, well, this one. Is best cinematography. Uh huh. What what that movie is looking like these days? What's it look like? What are them looking like? Does it look like clay? Does it look like a beautiful painting? Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go first just because the movies I watched this year didn't excite me too too much. One that majorly stood out, like when we were watching all the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. It's Lord mm. of the Rings. Yeah. Like that one has really good cinematography. Correct. <laughs> so yes. I think I'm just I'm just gonna default to that. There's not much I have to say about it. Mm. It's just it's the Lord of the Rings cinematography. Like, come on. Got it. Okay. 
Well, I'll go next. I've got a couple of good options. There's lots of movies in here where visually they were very striking to me, or I had a fun time with them, or they had a moment in it that I thought was really good. I think, I mean, I think Bram Stoker's Dracula had a lot of fun cinematography. Oh, I'm, t- I'm taking it back. I'm actually taking one? it back. Okay. To, yeah. That's not mine, so you can take it. No, because um, uh, Issa showed, because Issa was like, oh, you should watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. And yeah, no, I take it back. Bram Stoker's Dracula actually it's had like really fucking banger cinematography. Really fun with the shadows and oh, the like, yeah. camera effects. It's yeah. We, didn't, we don't have an award for effects. No. But yeah, that one since everything is in camera, that yeah. is yeah very impressive. No, I'm, really I'm, I'm taking it back. Thank you, Isa, for making me watch it. Um, another thing on here, I think I watched the movie The Verdict. That one had some really good cinematography. It There's does. specifically one moment in it mm-hmm. where it's like that's very very good. It's, um, it's such good filmmaking. The verdict. What? I mean, do you want to? I'll just yeah. So the shot I'm talking about. So the movie it's. Paul Newman. Wow, I forgot his name. Really, for a Paul Newman. Paul the, Newman, the Sauce Man. Yeah, the, the Sauce Man. He plays he voices a Doc Hudson and lawyer. <laughs> He's a prosecution lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And so this woman is in a coma because of something that happened when she was giving birth. She was given the wrong amount of anesthetic and yeah. it sent her into a coma. And so yeah. Paul Newman kind of like doesn't really care. He's just sort of like, ah, he's sort of washed up. He's just kind of in the lawyer business, pulling by, just doing what he's got. He's not really morally invested in his cases. And so he goes to the hospital to see the woman and he takes Polaroids of, of her, I think, to use as like evidence for the trial. And then you get this shot where it's just two Polaroid photos on the blanket in the hospital. You hear the sound of like the breathing machine and the other apparatus in the hospital, the beeping and the, and then just holds on the two Polaroid photos that they slowly start to develop. And you start to see the photos of the woman in the hospital bed in a coma and, you know, a dozen tubes connected up to her. And this moment is Paul Newman's character, like coming, he's, he's He's, awakening and his his conscious is forming at the same time as these Polaroid photos are forming. And then it cuts to him. And then from then on, he's like invested in the case. So it's just like, a really, really great moment. However, I have to give it to the Night of the Hunter because yeah. that the cinematography in that movie is unlike anything, unlike anything else I've ever seen. It is truly phenomenal in the way where it's like it, it, it like cuts to like almost like stage play production, like shadow puppets, and the way people just like fall into the abyss. The amount of light they just the shot underwater, windows, the car underwater, the yeah. underwater shot. There's so many inventive, inventive, crazy things in this movie that add to the just the atmosphere of it. That I, it's like I can't not give it to that one. But if I didn't see that movie, it probably would have gone to the verdict. All right, okay. For me, I have a couple. I was thinking about Before Sunrise mm. with the cinematographer Lee Daniel because there's so many just really long shots like long takes that are so well coordinated and it it really adds to the feeling that you're watching two people fall in love like in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm going to be giving it to Nebraska um, mm. with the cinematographer Fedon Papa Michel, I think mm. is how you say it, maybe. I wa- this was one of the first movies I watched this year, like back in January, and this heavily influenced my grad thesis. Film. Oh. there's It's just a lot of wider uh, angles and a lot of landscape shots and it really makes it feel like the landscape is part of the story and that you're there and uh, they do a lot of really good two uh, like two shots of like two characters sitting and talking without cutting the lighting is really good it's in black and white and yeah I just adore it 
And uh, so I think I have to give it to Nebraska. All right. All right, fellas. We good there? Yeah. I think we're good. Are we ready for the next one? Yes. Animated. The next one is animated. A category which, in the words of Guillermo del Toro, it is not a genre. It is a medium. It mm. is an art form. And we should respect it as such. Mm-hmm. That being said, <laughs> shout out to Adam Sandler's Leo. <laughs> I, especially towards the end of the year, knowing that we do this, I tried to... We, mm-hmm. we tried to watch more animated films. However, unfortunately, a lot of them just weren't very good, the ones that I saw. I also tried to watch ones that had come out this year Miles, or more recently. you're going to have to be our spokesman for some of the... Because me and Mariah, we missed Ninja Turtles. We missed the, Spider, yeah. we missed the Spider-Verse movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, Spider-Verse. So, um, like, I know those are big ones. Those would be huge ones, but we didn't, we didn't yeah. see Yeah, I would say my runner-up is Puss in Boots. That, yeah. I think the animation is, is very good in that. Yes. However, I'm going to give it to a movie that did not come out this year, and I'm going to give it to Howl's Moving Castle, okay. uh, directed by Miyazaki. Yeah, it kind of hurt. Um, as for like the story, not my favorite Miyazaki, but in terms of the animation, I really enjoyed it. I love the character, the way the characters look in Miyazaki movies. I love the ba- the painted backgrounds. I mean, every if you don't know Ghibli, if you don't know Miyazaki, I'd go watch them because they're incredible. But um, yeah, I watched Howl's Moving Castle for the first time this year. And I think just the character designs and um, like his castle, beautiful. Mm. So I, I got to give it to that. Yeah. I watched a movie called Marion Max that I want to shout out. It's got Philip Seymour Hoffman. He plays a man with Asperger's who accidentally ends up being a pen pal of like a little girl in Australia and they write each other. And it kind of just follows them as they grow up and as, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character gets diagnosed with Asperger's and doesn't really know what that means. This is and animated? This is animated. It's like a, it's it's a, it's a comedy. I'd say it's kind of like a, a dark comedy kind of animated, like stop motion movie. It's very fun. I want to shout that out. I think it's kind of beautiful, kind of weird, not like great. And it's got this narration that sometimes goes on a little long, but like I want to shout that out. But actually the animated thing that I think I would give my favorite of the year is not a movie, but the series Primal I watched. It's on HBO, animated mm-hmm. by Gendy Tartakovsky. Uh, very good. Very good, just solid animation. Animation, 2D animation that's done on a budget, done logically, but also beautifully. The whole thing is that it's a, it's a caveman and a T-Rex bonding together to survive the wild and it's it's cool. There's no dialogue. It's just Oh, it's, I think you talked about this last year too. Yeah. Um I talked about it earlier this oh, year. Okay. Yeah. And so there's a lot of just really great just unspoken acting through mm-hmm. animation mm-hmm. that's like really beautiful where you have moments where they cannot communicate with each other but one character sees that the other is going through something and they can't say anything or communicate what's happening but they see it, you know, and it's just that kind of like pain of the, you know, the, the barrier that is there. Nice. Now, Miles, I think objectively you have far better options yes. than yeah. we did. Yeah. So um, hit, hit us with it. First, I'm going to give us some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite Pixar and Disney not, not doing very well, Elemental was, was okay. It was pretty good. I think I talked about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio last year. Spider-Verse was good. Oh, man. The animated movies I watched, I watched a lot of good ones. I think the the one I enjoyed the most was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. I liked... 
the art style a lot. Okay, so it's it's kind of in the same vein as Spider-Verse where it like kind of leans into that comic book style. Yeah. But where Into the Spider-Verse explores different styles of right. animation. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles said, no, this is the one we're going with and we can put everything into it. Mm-hmm. And so I just got to sit with that one style the entire time and I got to enjoy it all the way through. Right. And so I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. I went into it not expecting a whole lot either. And I came out and I was like, that was actually highly enjoyable. Yeah, I would okay. like to see it. Cool. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was down. All right. All right. We're, well, we're, we've, we're down to the last three categories. Last Thank three. you, folks, for sticking, sticking around with us. and hearing our dog water opinions. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should, we should say that at the time that we're recording this, there are some that just haven't just, come yeah, out. Have or, not come yes. out yet. Same well, for just other movies. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, like Miyazaki's Boy and the Heron poor just things. came out, but. But we haven't had time yeah, to go yeah. see it. Yeah, Poor Things. Poor I mean, Things is a movie I think I'm going to like a lot, but I've not seen it yet. Yeah. I haven't seen Wonka yet, so. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen Wonka. Um, I, I haven't seen Napoleon yet either. All right. Okay, moving on. All right. Uh, to our category, Performance of the Year. This just is for kind of the standout actor uh, performance mm-hmm. or actress performance that we saw this year. Again, not necessarily related to a film that came out this year, but just that we watched for the yeah. first time. I'm having a, I have a list here, and I don't know if I've actually decided. Um, I'm just gonna. Oh, you better make a decision. I yeah, know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go through. first, but I haven't made a decision no, yet. No, no. I'll figure out I my answer. The confidence. Or the, I'll figure uh, out my answer by the time I uh, get stop to the end of rambling. The list. Yeah. yeah. Tell your moth joke. <laughs> so here were my contenders this year for performance of the year. Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler, Bruce Dern in Nebraska, Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman, Johnny Cash in The Pride of Jesse Hallam, Peter Falk in Mikey and Nicky, Roy Scheider in All That Jazz, and Richard Harris in The Field. And I think I'm going to have to give it to Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Nice. Um, Watch The Wrestler for the first time this year. The first time I'm really mentioning it in this episode mm. adore that movie i think it is really good in the way that it's shot and the way that mickey rook acts in it it feels he feels very real yes and it's very tragic there's a couple of shots in particular just the way that he acts it mm-hmm. it kind I of feels like you've stepped into a documentary for a second and i just love that and i think yeah I, there's oh, there's it's so good it's so good i don't know what else to say besides like watch the wrestler yeah and Mickey Rourke deserved an Oscar. The the ending shot of that movie is, I think, one of my favorites. There's something. It's Phenomenal. just this low angle shot as he's on the ring and he's jumping off. And it's just, it's so good. It's so powerful. And he's just, he's up there and he's, you know, I mean, well, he's not a beautiful man, but he, he just, he feels like such a beautiful soul up there on the ropes, you know, doing his thing. And he's there and it's just like, I don't know. It's a great movie. Yeah. I think he brings a very good, like, rawness to the character. I mean, I think he was perfectly casted yes yeah i I, it just i think it has to go to mickey rourke i will say i think bruce stern is a very close second in nebraska again absolutely adored nebraska huge inspiration for me but yeah go mickey rourke may i go next yes you may okay uh honorable mention for this one again uh, i i guess i'm singing this movie's praise a lot but to all the kids that played the teenage mutant ninja turtles 
You did great not being cringe. I remember you saying that when you first talked about it yeah. a few episodes back. Mm. And when the, the times you were cringe, you were cringe on purpose to show that kids are cringe. Yes. Sure. So you did good with the script. I And for my actual one, I was looking through all the movies that we had done and kind of being like, okay, who, who's, who's the standout character that comes to me in that? And like, how do I feel about it? I think, Mario, you're going to like this one. I think Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. Yeah. Is my mm. my best performance. Nice. I I really liked him. I thought he did a good job. And yeah, just like looking through all the movies we've done, he, League of Their Own and especially Tom Hanks stood out to me the most. I like when um he throws the baseball mitt at the kid and it the kid falls over and then he just starts laughing really loudly. <laughs> yeah, mm. Or when he pees in a sink for like 40 seconds straight. Oh, he does do that. Yeah. That was really mm. funny. And they're all mm. like, just like watching him and you yeah, still hear that. He pissed for so long. Yeah. Or it was like 52 seconds or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. All right. Stefan. All right. Uh, I go, I'm going to shout out a lot of names here. I want to shout out, of course, Kate Blanchett, actress. Good job. Kate Blanchett, as well as Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon. Good job, you guys. Danny Aiello, do the right thing. Very good job. I really want to shout out Andy Serkis in the Planet of the Apes movies. Phenomenal job. There's one bit in one of the movies where he's starting to get smart. And they're like, come on, ape, do this. And then he's just like, no. And he speaks. And it's like, wow, the monkey spoke. It's really good. I really almost gave it to Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate. He plays Van Gogh. He does a very good job of that. And just being like a... He's also a very goofy guy. He's just kind of like he feels the world, but he's very sensitive and emotional, and I vibe with that. And there's really good moments in that. There's one line towards the end where they've put him in a sanatorium, and he's like, "Maybe I'm a painter for people who aren't born yet." And he's all sad, and you're just like, "Oh, <laughs> poor Van Gogh." Also, Mads Mikkelsen is in it. But because Mariah didn't pick it, I think I have to go with Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. Yeah, because. It is such a gripping performance. I don't even know if I'd necessarily say it's like good. Oh, wait. Actually, hold on. Hold on. I need I need to also shout out Dana Carvey in The Master of Disguise. <laughs> he does a really good Michael Johnson impression. He does a really good Bill Clinton. Or is it Bush? I don't even remember. <laughs> also, Shrek. Oh, man. It almost went to Dana Carvey. But no, I'm actually going to go to Al Pacino. Because, I mean, first of all, he's pretending to be blind. So he, and for the most part, you buy it. Like, I think when it starts, you're kind of like, oh, it's funny. But you don't realize through the movie, you're like, oh, I forgot that he just like, he, he can see. He's pretending to be blind. He's acting. He's <laughs> acting. But his deliveries are so unique and so fun and so special. You know, he says things like, tits. Wah. What does your daddy do up in Oregon? Count wood chips. Count wood chips. <laughs> or or uh, what are other lines? I'm in the dark here. I'm in the dark here. And he's like, legs. I don't care if they're columns or secondhand standways. He's, secret just, searchlights. Secret searchlights. He's just, it's so wonderful the way he says things and what he does. And his performance is truly unique of any performance I've seen this year. So I think I got to give it to Mr. Pacino on and this I one. And I kind of thought that you were going to give it to him. Oh, so wow. that's why I went with Mickey Rourke as it well. Was, it was between Pacino or Willem Dafoe. But, but yeah, because Pacino, you didn't select Pacino, I was like, well. Gotta, Pacino is so fun. I cannot stress that enough. He is yes, so fun. Very fun. Incentive of a woman. Out of order. 
You're out of order. You're out of order. Baird, man. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Hoorah. And we're, that was it, right? Miles gave his? Yeah, yeah, I gave All it. right. We're getting into the nitty gritty. We're getting to the last two movies. Our second to last category here is going to be favorite movie of 2023. So this is a movie that came out this year and that we saw this year. So again, the, some are kind of disqualified because they haven't come out or we haven't had a chance yeah. to see them yet, such as Boy in the Hair and Poor Things, mm-hmm. Wonka, stuff like that. Yeah, my selection for the 2023 movies is not that broad. Mine's um, broader than I thought. I've been. You've seen a lot of movie theater movies. I have. I I need to get better at it. I have been using letterbox as much as i should so i'm going i googled like oh movies that came out this year and i was like fuck there's a lot of movies that i forgot about that but i fucking loved them my movie of the year is gonna go to and i don't know if you guys saw it but it was so fucking funny it was bottoms no really you saw Bottoms. i saw oh you did see bottoms because we were talking about it at the yeah well so because uh mave told me to watch it yeah and shout out Maeve. i was like okay i'll go see bottoms she says it's really funny and it w- it was so good there's there's a part the first joke that's coming to my mind is there's a part where because the whole bit is like these two gay girls start a fight club to impress these other two girls and so there's a part where one of the girls confesses her love to the other and and gets like she's like oh i'm i'm into it let like let's date and the other one confesses and the girl goes oh I'm not gay. I just like gay porn. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys didn't think it was funny. I thought right. it was really funny when I when I watched it. I'm but, sorry. I didn't realize that was the punchline. No. No. That was it. It was funny. I liked it. Gotcha. That's my favorite movie. No, yeah. The whole movie is, is... There's like so much shit going on in the background too. Like the whole movie, the, there's a wrestler just like trapped in a cage. Like a what? feral animal. He's just like in this cage. Okay. And then finally at a pep rally, they like bring him out to fight one of the girls. Mm. And they like open the cage and release this wrestler. And he fucking demolishes this girl. She's like bloody, just beaten into the goddamn dirt. And everyone's like cheering and going like, yeah, fucking get her. It's, oh my God. At one point, a girl stabs a motherfucker with a sword. <laughs> Oh, and at the end, she's like, she's like, I have to like deal with the fact that I murdered someone. And everyone's like, yeah, you did. That was awesome. D- okay. As you're saying this, I'm like, this is not at That's all, not what, at I all what I thought. That's not at all what I thought. Oh, my like- God. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. I thought it was more drama, like comedy it's than like, absolutely not. Just like kooky comedy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've not seen the one. Don't know anything about it. Besides, oh, it was yeah, good. It was-, it was really funny. I want to watch it again. Damn. All right. On? <laughs> Ryan, do you want to go or should I? I'll go. Yeah, I didn't see as many new movies this year that I really resonated with. I do think last year had stronger picks for me personally. Uh, that being said, I enjoyed Asteroid City. I enjoyed mm. Oppenheimer oh, a lot. Asteroid City was good. But I think I'm going to give it to another Alexander Payne movie, which is mm. The Holdovers. Oh, did you see that? Yeah. Oh, I was. I wanted to see it, and then I think it came and went, and I just forgot. For those of you who haven't seen it or heard of it, uh, it is Paul Giamatti. As, I do like Paul Giamatti. Yeah. You'll like his eyes in this. Yeah. He's got 
Um, the expressive wall- eye, good eyes. He's he, wall-eyed. He's wall-eyed in it. They have like a prosthetic lazy oh. eye. Yeah. We think. Confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the credits. Yeah. No, you guys figure it out. You watch it and you decide. Anyway, he plays a professor at like a boarding school who ends up kind of drawing the short straw and having to stay over the Christmas holidays and watch the kids who can't go home for Christmas. Right. And it ends up being between him and this one kid that he does not get along with at all. Um, and eventually, you know, they kind of come to an understanding with each other. Uh, it is very 70s and 80s inspired. Like the film grain, the the aspect ratio, the acting, the dialogue is, I think, a lot. Of, the dialogue is one aspect that I didn't love as much. I think people said exactly what they thought instead of showing what they thought. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's a good, I would classify it as a Christmas movie um, since it takes yeah. place at Christmas. And it's definitely that one is- that I think I want to incorporate into my yearly Christmas watch in the future. And I think Paul Giamatti is fantastic, and I really hope he gets Oscar nominated for this. I think the last time he was nominated was for Sideways, which was another Alexander Payne movie. Mm. Um, So it would be cool to see him get nominated for it, because I think he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of Dead Poet Society, kind of Scent of a Woman in a way, Mm. those kind of movies. So if you like those, I think you'll like The Holdovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I again have not watched a lot of movies. I think it's between three, really between two. Um, yeah, I watched Asteroid City. I thought it was fun. I think it's an interesting sort of departure for Wes Anderson, where it's far more meta than what he normally. I mean, he normally does meta stuff, but this one's like very meta. Um, I, well, I this my... this one was also a contender for score and soundtrack. Now that I think about it, I think the music in that was very fun. My boss described it very well as if you fed an AI all Wes Anderson movies and it had to pump something out with a little bit of everything in it. Yeah. It's, it's very all over the place. Um, but I kind of like it for that reason, but really I think it's between Oppenheimer and killers of the flower moon. And it's sort of hard to pick between both of them because I think both of them have very strong performances. I think both of them have very strong editing and effects and money. I, but I think I want to give it to Oppenheimer because Killers of the Flower Moon just like a little different than what I expected it to be. And I don't think I really saw kind of what I wanted to see from it in terms of Leonardo DiCaprio's character. I agree. Um, and But with Oppenheimer, I think I was really invested with the music. I was really invested with his performance. I think just, yeah, the moment when it's leading up to the bomb dropping... I think it was when I was the most like engaged with a movie in theaters this year. I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, I was like, nah, I want to say, I never go edge of my seat, but I was kind of like, ooh, it's coming. It's, it's coming. About it's about to happen. I think Robert Downey Jr. gave a great performance. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very fun to just kind of be like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, the- I think Gary Oldman. What the Josh? Josh? Yeah. Heck, what are you doing here? I think that was part of the fun. And also just, you know, kind of what Oppenheimer meant for the blockbuster in general this year was was very cool so i think i'll give it to that one that being said i'm not like super crazy about Oppenheimer or anything i just think of the movies i saw that was Damn. most most fun yeah i'm looking back i watched a fuck ton of movies that came out this year yeah, yeah not me i watched i, watched <laughs> I, some, I got uh but... here uh, dungeons and dragons i saw i saw that uh the doctor who special i did not see that uh five nights at freddy's i saw that uh haunted mansion yeah Guardians 3. Uh-huh. Indiana Jones. Yes. I saw... Uh, That's like it. I saw Dumb Money as Haunting well that Venice. came out this year. No Hard Feelings. Anyways, good job, 2023. There's been some solid hitters out there this year. 
Yeah. With Scorsese and Nolan. And I mean, I haven't seen The Killer. David Fincher. I want to watch that. I haven't gotten to it yet. All right. But that wraps up that one. And now we're on to our final category. And we see the final one. Bring this, roll, all, please. bring this all to a close. And that is our favorite first watch of 2023. Any so movie. basically, a film not necessarily released this year. But that you watched that we watched this for the yeah. very first time, which a lot of these are based on movies that we watched for the first time this year. But this is just overall personal favorite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to go first? Uh, it's between two movies. On one hand, you have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, you really enjoyed that yeah. one. I really did. And the the back of the brain hidden gem bottoms. Oh wow! Both the both films that came out this year. Both films that came out this year. And if I had to pick which one I wanted to see again, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Bottoms. So not only is it your favorite film released in 2023, 20, the, but the favorite the, first watch yeah, of 2023. The first watch of 2023, wow. I think. that's Because when you're watching a comedy movie, you know, you give them a... <laughs> a little exhale out the then, nose. Yeah, every now and then you go, huh, that was a good joke, that was funny. This movie actually genuinely caught me laughing. Like mm. wholehearted wow. laughing sometimes. Okay, okay. Which is... Kind of hard for a movie to do, I think. Yeah. I saw the Mario movie, and that was hilarious. (laughs) I saw freaking Wish, and that had some really good jokes in Uh, it. I bet. No, yeah, Bottoms was really funny. They build a couple bombs in it, too. Oh, (laughs) I see how you relate to it now. Yeah, I really relate to it. There's the connection point. All right, Ryan, you want to go next or me? Uh, I can go. All right, That's fine. Go. I'm gonna I'm gonna read out my runners up, which are Shawshank Redemption. Watched that for the first time this year. Oh. Objectively, obviously, phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Night of the Hunter, definitely on mm-hmm. there. Really, mm-hmm. really Same. enjoyed watching that. Same. M. Mm-hmm. I watched that for the first time. Another old movie. That is very good. Would highly recommend if you haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to do the right thing on here. Yeah, I me too. Thoroughly enjoyed watching that this year, and really want to watch it again. Second place goes to Nebraska. Nice. Uh, again, love it. I've said enough on it. Watch it. But uh, my top pick for my first watch this year goes to Before Sunrise, um, which I watched back in January. So it's been a while, but it has really stuck with me. And I think it is a fantastic film where you genuinely feel like you're watching two people fall in love. Mm-hmm. Um with the pacing of the dialogue, the way that it overlaps, it feels incredibly natural. A lot of people think that the dialogue was improv because of how easy the flow is, even though in reality they just rehearsed it a lot <laughs> to get that timing down. Um, again, I think there's one take that's like over five minutes long of them like on a trolley. So you feel like you're just sitting on a trolley like people watching and you're seeing this couple just kind of chat and flirt. And the thing that kind of pushes it over the top and and is my pick for me, like why it is, is because I watched this with my mom and my two little sisters. And this was the first film that my little sisters were like commenting on the filmmaking. Um, They're 16. If they're listening, hi. (laughs) If you're 16, you probably, I don't know if you'd be listening. No, they listen to the podcast. But they were commenting on the acting. They were commenting on the cinematography um, which was the first time I've really experienced that. It was just, it was, I don't know, a very special experience for me to kind of bond with my little sisters over filmmaking. 
uh, which obviously is something that I hold very dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to have that connection with them was really special. So that kind of pushed it over the top for me and is why it is my top pick. So Before Sunrise. Also, I watched Before Sunset and Before Midnight. Fantastic trilogy, but I'm just going to go with the first one. But the trilogy is incredible. So Nice. Yeah. Yes, I had very similar picks on my list. You know, I had uh, Do the Right Thing. I had All That Jazz was a movie I watched this year that I really liked. Mm, was, very good. That one was very surprising. Didn't think I'd like as much as I did. You like jazz? Um, I really liked The Wild Bunch. Watched that for the first mm-hmm. time. That was a good movie. One movie that I really, really liked was Incendies by Denis Villeneuve. That movie has, it's about two twins who their mother died and their mother left them each a letter. And the sister has to give the letter to the father they never knew. And the brother has to give the letter to the other brother that they never knew. And so they travel to the Middle East and they sort of uncover like the mom's past while trying to deliver these letters. And then things happen. There's a shocking, a very, very shocking twist. And it's a very good movie. Like the atmosphere is very good. There's just this kind of like blanket bleakness over the whole thing. I think the score is good. It's got a Radiohead song in it. So I'm already really going to like it. That's pretty cool. However, I think I have to give it to The Night of the Hunter. Mm-hmm. That, as for reasons already discussed, I think the performances were surprising. Again, for an older film, I kind of expected the performances to be not as great. But they had child actors in it that I did not loathe. I oh, usually, that's rare. I usually hate child actors, but they did a very good job. I think the main character, Harry Powell, I think he's a very cool and interesting character with the love and hate on his his hands again He's growing very back to, good. would you call him a villain or would you just thing? call him antagonist i think a villain because he's actively scheming to do bad he's not just like oh he's a little bad you know boy. that's why he's my suit you guy. know it's not like oh antagonistic like the boss is preventing me from being promoted he's like actively trying to kill these children and he's scheming to do so but i think the atmosphere is so good the music the sort of just the way it feels when it plays out and then the ending and the lovely old lady and the message of it all. And uh, th- this was something where, cause you know, I like the, I like to write on my free time and I, I jump around short stories and stuff. And this was one where I realized it was like influencing me and some of the stories and things that I wanted to do or what I was doing. And I was like, Oh, I've like done something kind of similar to night of the hunter. And I think just from a creative standpoint, this movie made a far bigger impact on me than any other movie that I watched this year. So give it up, Night of the Hunter. Yeah, that's a good one. Good job, Night of the Hunter. And ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our year in review for 2023. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for joining us for another year of the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, uh, if you scroll on Spotify, it says a little Q&A session and you can answer what you thought of this episode. You can let us know any of your favorites or least favorites or who your silly little guy was (laughs) or (laughs) who you would give the Boss Baby Award to. Mm -hmm. Um, You can let us know also on social media or if you want to send us an email, you can do so at thetakesittook at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you guys were watching this year, what you thought, because, you know, we can always use some inspiration for future episodes in this upcoming year. Um, That being said, uh, this is releasing on Christmas Eve. So if you're listening to it around this time, happy holidays. I hope you've had a fantastic 2023. Thank you for sticking with us and listening with us and 
being a part of this conversation of film with us. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you guys. Well, when we come back in the new year, Miles is kicking us off with the first episode of 2024. Miles, what's the next episode going to be? The next episode is going to be uh, a, f- a favorite of mine because I think it's really funny and it does. you can do a lot of voices with it. Oh, Stefan's going to have a blast. Stefan, Emperor's New Groove. Poor Cusco. Oh, Cusco. Cusco's poison. Poison. Cusco. And was she like, I got to hear it. Um, cool. Well, yeah, that'll be the next episode. But uh, again, thank you guys for listening with yeah. us this year. Very excited to see what films we cover next year. Uh, happy holidays. We'll see you in 2024. Stay safe. Have fun. Watch movies. And you know what? Watch movies. Watch, watch Boss watch Baby. Some, watch some movies. Yeah. Watch Bottoms. Boss Baby Bottoms. Watch <laughs> Boss Baby Bottoms. Watch when he farts. Uh, baby powder. Baby powder. Yeah. Mm. Classic. <laughs> and that's <laughs> why he got the <laughs> Boss <laughs> Baby Award. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Bye, Bye. Bye. Why did you slurp? He's in a slurping mood. He wants to slurp up. <laughs>